This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Maryland sports fans. There's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sportsbook in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Long Shots Off-Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey there, everybody. This is Baco from Cobras and Fire. I would like to make a little announcement before we get into today's episode. As you probably figured out from the show description, we talk a lot of KISS on this episode, and specifically, we get into KISS playing for Sharks in Australia. About 10 seconds after we finished wrapping the recording of this, I saw the announcement that KISS had canceled their Australian tour due to Paul having uh, some sort of uh, uh, illness coming off the KISS cruise. And so it seems a little odd because we're talking about it. Now, I know Kiss is still going to play for the, the Sharks with uh, without Paul. Just thought we'd at least throw the disclaimer out there that, yeah, we uh, we, we do know. And um, we're sorry that the episode comes out after the announcement. But I, we think you still enjoy it. But, yeah, that's why we talk about it the way we do. Anyway, let's get to the episode. It doesn't suck. We're going out on top. Look at us. The word fabulous in the dictionary, we're in it. There's nobody that can touch us. If it, seems, if it seems like I get up on a high horse and start saying we're fantastic, we actually mean it. We introduce ourselves with, you wanted the best, you got the best. Mr. Bob Kulik. We feel great. The band's never gotten along better. Uh, four and a half decades into it, this is us going out on the victory lap. We're going around the world to thank Mr. Bob Kulik. And to spend an evening with Mr. Bob Kulik and remind them of Mr. Bob Kulik and also to introduce those latecomers to Mr. Bob Kulik. As much as we'd love to do this forever, we want to do it as long as we can be great at it. And we still are. And that's the time to wrap things up. We are looking at a daunting task, which is to live up and to smash Mr. Bob Kulik. Listening to the Cobras and Fire podcast, part of the Decibel Geek and Uncontrolled Noise Radio Network. 
This week, things get salty as Kiss hits the high seas for the Kiss Cruise, plays a special intimate concert for some sharks, and Bob Kulik does something that is often referred to as sundowning. Fire. My name is Baco, and I am joined by the king of the nighttime world. I'm talking about Loose Cannon. How are you this evening, Loose? Oh, yeah. Sorry. It's a it's a pale comparison to your oh, yeah. But, oh, yeah, I'm here. That's right. I'm good, man. I'm, I'm here to, to uh, I'm here to talk about some band. Yeah. We, uh, I've really started getting into this group called KISS. <laughs> they have such a retro sound to them. Uh, I, I've just been, I've been digging their vibe. So yeah, we haven't talked to a ton of Kiss lately. Uh, nope. It sounds like that's going to kind of dominate today's episode. <laughs> dominate isn't being the only thing, but I'm surprised we could fill the whole episode because there really hasn't been anything to talk about. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, some of the stuff goes back a ways too, you know, because uh, we, we had the whole month of October kind of tied up with other stuff. Sure. Anybody listening to the, the show probably already knows half of what we're going to get into today but it doesn't uh, matter but what they don't have is our perspective well that's what they're that's why they're chiming in so. exactly hey but before we do get into that i had a, a a little funny story from uh something that happened at work i wanted to run by you and get your take on it sure okay we have a our, our delivery driver he's a he's a he's a, a fine man uh tall sturdy strong um <laughs> He has a tendency to to mispronounce words. Like we have two customers, or or get them mix words together is a better way to put it. Like can I can I guess real quick? Yeah, Vag and Laroth, or no? No, not those two. Uh, the, okay. I'll, the example I'll give you is we have two customers: Metropolitan State University and Metropolitan Council. And he'll right. co- he'll go he'll go uh, Met State Council and stuff like that. You know, it, it's just a, a slip of the tongue is all I'm getting at. But he does it a lot. Uh, sure. Anyway, one day we we have a customer. It's this uh, lady who does uh, greeting cards, and her business is called Open Cupboard. And one day he was running down. He's like, "Hey, I got to get out of here. I'm going to hit these three places." And one of them was Open Cupboard, and he said it very distinctly. But now he has a history of kind of like not always nailing these things. So I just figured, whatever, right? Sure. That, that same day, even though we've been doing work for this company, I've just never heard him say that name. But I heard him say it three times that day, and every time it was Cupboard. So I asked the other guys in back, I'm like, do you guys ever hear uh, the way Brett says open cupboard? And they both look at me and go, cupboard. So I started thinking, of course, as you know, my as I want to do, does he not know that that's how cupboard is spelled? Or does he think that is how <laughs> cupboard is pronounced? Sure. So um, I told the guys that when he comes back, I'm going to ask him a question with the idea that he'll answer with the word cupboard or cupboard, and we'll, we'll get our answer, right? So he comes back, and everybody's just kind of lingering. You know, He has no idea what's going on. Uh, and so, so where, where do you keep your coffee cups at home? And he's like, in the cupboard. And everybody busts up laughing, and he's like... <laughs> 
and he like, what's going on? Is this like some kind of weird? Is it called? Is, you guys do something else or something like that? So, well, and of course, we never told him. Uh, oh, that's nice. I don't know for whatever reason I found that fascinating. It's like, how does he think cupboard is spelled? Well, first off, you've been hitting me with a lot of these things lately. You do a lot of thinking, but <laughs> not important things. But you know. I'm, so what do you want me you want me to discuss if that's right or wrong or well, yeah, I mean it almost makes sense right like it probably should be cupboard why is the word pronounced cupboard I think that was where I was going to go like when he there's certain words in the English language that I think a long time ago just got screwed up and people went with it like somebody was either somebody had a drunk slur at the time or they just said it wrong or they just they just because because it doesn't make sense I mean what you're putting I, I'll give the, the man some some a little bit of leeway Sure. You are putting cups into something that has boards, and you move a board called a door to get to your cups. So why the fuck do we call it a cupboard? That's yeah. C-U, that would be C-U-B-B-A-R-D. Yeah. I almost feel, like, guilty for being kind of a dick about this, but because I think you, I, you're making a good point. Right, and I'll, I'll take it one step further, and I will give much respect to this man because I think— he is starting a revolution, one conversation at a time, to change how cupboard is pronounced. So I, I salute him. He's an American hero. Now, now as uh, Sinzak likes to say in a lot of his Facebook posts, not all heroes wear capes. Um, I don't think so. This one wears a safety vest. Sometimes they wear Pe- Pepe John's hats. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we got a lot of stuff to get into today. Uh, by the way, thanks for your feedback on that. Uh, sure. I'm going to recommend he listen to this episode and see if he can figure out who he is. <laughs> um, Which part? Yeah, just like, like, he's like, do I say cupboard? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Oh, I'm man. all that. So is that is that are we talking about kiss cupboards? What are we talking about? Yeah, it's cupboard with a K. Um, Ooh, all like sorts it. of uh, happenings going on in the kiss universe. But if you if it's okay, I'm going to hit a little business and then we'll jump right into the shit. Okay? Sure. Yes. Well, I'd like to remind people that they can find us on Facebook at facebook.com/slash cobras and fire. We are also on Twitter. We are our handle is at cobras fire. Join us. Uh, join the, the our Facebook group, Cobras on Fire, and connect with other listeners and uh, share all the hilarity that we get going on behind the scenes. And uh, we recently just threw some exclusive content on there. We're going to try to do that once in a while. So if you follow that, you might get uh, a little bonus uh, Cobra for you. And of course, the easiest way to do all this is go to the uh, CobrasonFire.com, our fabulous website. We'll con- pretty much connect you to any one of these things in other places as well. We're also on you. We have a YouTube channel uh, if you're more of a YouTuber. Um, and Luce, what if they want to buy a shirt? Do you have any tips from there? Uh, no, I've given up selling things. <laughs> what if I wanted a, 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 a Cobras and Fire Rock and Pot Expo? All, oh, no bots yes, actually, actually, I do have a few of those hanging around. Um, yes, we have a Black Friday deal, but it's Black Friday now. There's no waiting, and there'll probably never. You know be why that is? I heard this in the news because there's fewer what? shopping days this year. <laughs> Is that what it is? Sure. Now listen, uh, listen to this deal. Last time I checked, there's the same amount of days this year there were last year. But, uh, yeah, three to sixty-five. Yeah, work out that way. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but uh, yes, you can go to cobrasandfire.com. Click on the shop link. You can see some beautiful things there. You can get our Cobras and Fire logo T-shirt, um, and you can get that on anything because that goes to Redbubble. But if you just want to buy for ten bucks, you can get an exclusive. Does that Rock include shipping? Expo. Yes. Okay. Everything is free shipping. Okay. It will show up to your door. $10 for a Rock and Pod Expo t-shirt. 
You help support the show. You can use this shirt while shoveling snow. You can use it during the summer. Uh, when you're mowing the lawn, you can use it as an undershirt. It's getting cold out there. If you don't want just just buy the damn shirt. And I'm actually going to like uh, encourage people to buy that shirt, uh, at least until they run out, because that, that money doesn't really necessarily help the show other than it uh, it helps uh, lose save his marriage. <laughs> yes, that's correct. Please save my marriage. Buy yeah, shirt. <laughs> yeah I, I just imagine the conversations. Baco told me these would sell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty much it. <laughs> All right. Uh, and lastly, if you're listening right now, there's tons of ways you can leave us reviews. Uh, most of the, the podcast apps uh, allow you to do it. Um, but I do know that recently Podchaser uh, is kind of upgrading their little thing. Uh, if you go there, Ooh. when you review, the, you know, as you know, you can review individual shows or the shows overall. But Podchaser is... Um, the, the people's reviews are going to show up in other listeners' feed, so your really? review can actually be shared almost virally uh, as and, and help other people get into the show. And, uh, of course, as uh, someone who works hard on this show, I think we both would appreciate that. Uh, and re- reviews help other people discover the show. So please give us a rating and review anywhere you can. Listen to our show and share, share, share. Yeah, I've also I also knew they made a custom feature for a specific Canadian podcaster where you can do fifty one star reviews all at the same time. broke i want to say it was about a month ago i got the story in front of me yeah it's october 3rd this came out so just a little over a month ago when we were in the middle of recording the three hits from hell we almost dropped everything just to do an entire episode i actually if i remember right i wanted to change the entire theme of our show to just this one event uh, <laughs> kiss announced that they are going to be playing uh a concert for sharks <laughs> Keep going. Okay, let me just read the, the story here. Having played Please. nearly every corner of the earth in nearly in a nearly 50-year career, the rock band Kiss is taking its show to a new place under the sea. Where they were, where they that that thing makes me think of SpongeBob, which of course is going to piss off Bob Cooley. I'm a Grammy award-winning producer. I worked with Motorhead. More on him later. Uh, <laughs> where they will perform for great white sharks and eight fans uh, separated from them by a small submarine. This is a, for some reason this is an Airbnb promotion. 
I don't. I don't really don't understand that. But the fans and Kiss will travel November 18th in separate boats off the coast of Southern Australia, while Kiss stays above the water on one boat. Cowards! The fans will be lowered beneath the surface of the water into the viewing sub, known an area known for shark activity, uh, using <laughs> underwater speakers. <laughs> This is fucking Spinal Tap. Uh, Kiss will begin playing, and the sound will be audible to the submerged fans and sharks. I would like to pause here to just point out one thing. Metaphorically speaking, Kiss jumped the shark decades ago. Now they're literally jumping a shark. So anyway, Luz, I'm kicking it to you now. I can't wait to speak. First off, when I saw this, I swear to you that I thought it was going to be redirected to hardtimes.net. Same here. Or Babylon B or, you know. Just... Or The Onion yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And then when it wasn't, I did not get redirected. Uh, I thought, is this the script for Sharknado 9? <laughs> yeah, maybe it is. Maybe Sharknado, maybe this was where they got the footage and Kiss will be in Sharknado 9. Hey, maybe this is maybe they invite Ace and Peter, and a little some accident happens, and this kind of squashes that whole nonsense. I also thought it was is it was a trick to reunite with Vinnie Vincent and throw him in the water. <laughs> Vinnie the Chum Vincent. <laughs> yes. Oh man. Well, it says here this is a first come first served underwater event. Costs fifty bucks, which is half the price for a nosebleed seat at Madison Square Garden. I don't get that part either. And the fact they threw this together with like two weeks notice. Yeah. Three. yeah when's it, when, let's see. Does it say. Is there any footage for this thing? Because I have not it, seen it. It hasn't happened yet. Uh, reservations oh. to be made uh, as of October 14th. Let me see if it has a date here. I thought it already happened. November 18th is when it's happening. But I know uh, Paul came down with some uh, uh, cruise crud. And uh, he's been kind of. They had to postpone some shows in uh, in Australia. It kind of irritated some people that because their first show is now the last show, and people who were like paid like through the nose extra to see the last Kiss show in Australia, they're pissed off because they no longer get the last show. <laughs> but, Jeez. Although I'm gonna say this, man, isn't that that's just a little too specific for me? I mean, I don't live in Australia, but it's like to me seeing the last Kiss show in Minneapolis really wouldn't do anything for me. It would be kind of right. cool to see their last show ever. Or maybe their last show in New York City, which it, it turns out was confirmed, is going to be in New York City. Uh, but uh, I just don't... I mean, who gives a fuck if it's a last show in Australia or Europe or Minnesota or Colorado or whatever? But I think the most important thing is sharks. Sharks. Yeah, back to the sharks. Uh, I, who's opening? Is Great White opening? <laughs> That was good. That was an easy one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not, about, not a lot of... I didn't uh, strain myself too hard to come up with that one. Well, you know who's opening for Great White? Uh, who's that? Shark Island. Yeah. Are they selling meet and greet packages for the sharks? <laughs> and what do they pay? What are they, like, uh, I do think it's genius, though, because... Only sharks think that they sound good still. Yeah. <laughs> well, sharks can't tell they're listening to a CD. <laughs> That's true. They, they're not good at, at uh, catching the lip sync. They're, I mean, not, they're I mean, not taking cell phone videos and posting them on YouTube. <laughs> I mean, this is this is like when they used to tour and they started doing the Lost Cities tour and they, they'd run out of people to see them. This is where they go. They, then they go after, you know, sharks. Uh, maybe sure. they'll actually send like a Kiss tribute band to do this. The sharks won't fucking know. <laughs> they won't. <laughs> it might sound better. That's true. <laughs> 
Well, don't you think the shark? What's going on in the shark's head when this is going on too? Did they bring them? Did they bring them? Did they corral them? Is there yeah, the one yeah. section? I know yeah. at least one of the sharks can be like, if they don't play fucking bath, I'm going to be so pissed. <laughs> That's right. There's nothing. That that's what a great white's favorite song is. Yeah. That <laughs> the great one, the, the biggest predators yeah. on earth. He, fucking his jam is Beth. I was talking to a tiger shark backstage before, <laughs> and he was saying a lot of you great whites like to eat dolphins. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, I hear you know you... maybe Gene should take the stage and and you know take this monumental moment. He should be doing some stage rap, something a little more than oh yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I can't do a Gene voice, but uh, can we have a special guest call in? That's, yeah, who do you got? News? I've got Gene Mankini. From three sides of the shilling? That's right. All right. No, it's actually three sides of the groin. There's three the left nut, the right nut, and the taint. He's the taint. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Well, let's hear a few uh, Gene Mankini stage raps. What would he be saying? Hey there, jerks. This is Gene Mankini. You know, today, I'm not going to breathe fire. I'm breathing chum. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I got something else though. We've made a lot of mistakes, and one of them is not ever playing deep tracks. So prepare yourself for a track off of Rock and Roll Over. This is Love 'Em and Leave Chum. <laughs> Let's go back to Paul. The tracks are even deeper. These are ten thousand leagues under the sea deep. Oh, I like it. Yeah, yeah. Keep, keep going with these. Uh, with these. these yeah, what do you get? Give me another one. You got one now. You got this, another gene. Well, this is this is more of a. I don't think this is as much of a stage rap, but just something that that Gene McKinney would let you know on one on one, and that is that you know here's a little fun fact: the original title for Monster Jump. I <laughs> worked with Motorhead. What uh, what would uh, if there was like a press conference and Gene Mankini was going to uh, explain to the Sharks what they could <laughs> expect? Uh, what kind of show should they, they they get? You are the best. You got the best. Jump. <laughs> People, I mean sharks. <laughs> Let me tell you something. A hammerhead shark showed up earlier today holding a baby. I'm not saying that shark is jeans. But that baby shark had the longest tongue I've ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah! <laughs> I thought you were going to do a baby shark thing. Well, I did say baby shark. But... That baby shark. Do, 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 do. What if they play that? Yeah. Oh, they should play baby shark. That's what I mean. And, and, uh... they would, who would sing it? Because Paul would have to record recent vocals, and then, you know, that wouldn't work. Some of you sharks may have heard before that my favorite dinosaur is the Lickalatapus. <laughs> Well, you know what my favorite clam is? The beardy clam. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's perfect. Yeah. Oh, man. So, look, I, I, getting back to the actual event, I mean, I can't imagine this being anything but a ridiculous shit show. Look, I'm sure it'll go off. It'll be fine without a hitch. But, my God, what the hell? <laughs> they are literally turning into a parody of themselves. It's like it's like they listen to some of the, the snarky criticisms shows like ours hosted by assholes like us have and go, you know what? We're going to do that. It, it's unbelievable. I don't even understand how it's even profitable for them because it's 50 bucks a ticket. Well, they're probably obviously they're being paid a shitload of money uh, to do it. So I guess that's what it is. I it mean, doesn't look like they can't even sell that many tickets. It's on a boat. So what, what's going to happen uh, that, that that's going to screw this up for Julian Gill? Is he actually going to get attacked by a shark? Is he, gonna Is he going to get taken to the wrong? Oh, of course he's going. He's Julian Gill. 
Yeah. But but you know he has that 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 uh, that kiss bad luck with everything. You know it'll be something oh, sure. like you know he'll he'll his hotel room will, will be booked when he gets there and uh, they won't give him a refund and then he'll get you know his like uh, I don't know leg amputated by a like a great white shark or something like that. You know uh, and you know and of course because he's jolly old Pip he'll be, he'll still have a good attitude about it. <laughs> Come back oh, yeah. and probably write a book uh, the uh, the kiss FAQ. Uh, uh, Kiss Plays for Sharks uh, companion. I guess at this point I should let you know that I have actually booked my flight. I will be riding with Julian Gilder, so hopefully everything goes goes well. I can't wait to report on this. Uh, just uh, remind me how to spell your legal name. Is uh, Loose Cannon? Is it L E W S S S E? I want to leave you as my main beneficiary. Yeah. 
of course, the Kiss Cruise recently happened, and that means, uh, you know, of course, more travel plans for Julian Gill. Although, I don't think he went this year. Uh, I'm not really sure. I know Joe Polo from Podcast Rock City was there. Before we get into the Kiss Cruise nonsense, I have a bone to pick with another podcast. Uh, I I listen to and, and I've become a subscriber of the Shout It Out Loudcast. As you know, I don't follow a lot of uh, Kiss podcasts regularly, but these guys share a bit of a sensibility that uh, I enjoy. Just a little more honest uh, look at Kiss and maybe laugh once in a while. That, that It's okay. You know what I mean? It's, it's good to laugh. Yeah. But these sons of bitches, they have unscrupulously stolen our bit. So I just want to make it painfully clear to any other shows out there. This is an official cease and desist. By official, I mean it's just me talking into a mic. Covering an event without actually going to it is our deal, man. (laughs) That's true. We are the masters of uh, vertical phone syndrome. Yeah, uh, video research. We and, uh, were not there when we were covering the Atlanta Kiss Expo. Remember that show? Yeah. These assholes just did a whole show on the Kiss Cruise, and it turns out neither one of them went. Who the think they are? Cobras and Fire? Yeah. I mean, the research is basically, you know, very, very cursory. <laughs> it, 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 uh, there's just certain things. There's basically probably three people supplying their information. With all the YouTube videos, yeah, I know that, that was that was our experience anyway. <laughs> yeah, there's like there's like the asshole on the rafters. How, how do you get a shitty seat at the, at the kiss the, the the kiss show? But anybody that supplies a, a YouTube video always is like nine thousand feet away in the small small room where they play. Oh, that's where they got to capture the memory. It was all they could afford to just to sit in the worst seat in the place. Uh, <laughs> don't you? Be, I think it's included. You just are slow to get to the place. Oh, man. I don't know. Oh, works. you're talking at the yeah, the, yeah, that's right at the expo. Oh, I'll look at all these empty chairs. I'm going to sit in back. <laughs> no, that's right. There's a great so. shot of the back of Poonie's head. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so yeah, they, they did a pretty decent job covering yeah, it. From, it was uh, pretty funny. I liked far. it. Uh, go check out the Shout It Out Loudcast. I think it's episode 40. Yeah, whatever. It says they're talking about the Kiss Cruise right in the title. Uh, they get into a lot of the stuff we're going to cover today, too, but not as good because we're, we're fucking sweet. Yeah, and also, like, nobody's <laughs> it was just a bomb. <laughs> no, but also, nobody's allowed to drink while podcasting either. So oh, that's that. right. Yeah, we we copyrighted that. Oh, yes, man. How does Ken Mills do it without drinking? Jesus. But back to the Kiss Cruise. They have this whole pre-party event, a two-day deal before you go on the cruise called Cruise Fest. This uh, pre-cruise event is hosted by the Joe. And I'm I, shoot, I'm sorry. I, I think it's Dan. Oh, I don't want to butcher it. He, he, I apologize, Joe. Uh, he worked with Chris at the Rock and Pod Expo this last year, but he does this every year. And it's kind of turned into a little bit of a, almost like a mini kiss convention, if I'm understanding it right. Joe Polo apparently had a table set up there where he was hawking some of his goods and stuff. Um, and it was like a two-day thing. And at uh, at the end of the day one, my understanding that it was uh, Sebastian Bach was the, the performing artist. And yes. at the at the end of Sebastian's set, he called Ace up to play a couple songs. And, of course, I'm unprepared, so I don't remember which ones. I know they played Deuce, but there was a couple others ahead of that uh, is all I'm trying to get at there. Nice. Ace looked to be in a good mood. Uh, he, his demeanor was nice, and he had fun. So, um, And, and it, it seems like uh, everything I'm hearing from anybody that's seen Sebastian pretty much uh, – 
agrees with you that uh, you, you just recently saw him and that he sounds great. Yeah, no. I mean, if I could just do a brief synopsis of the concert Please. I went to here. Sebastian, I've never seen him live. I never saw him with Skid Row or Solo up to basically last month. And when I saw him, he's coming to Denver. Are you go. kidding me? <laughs> Did you ever see him? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. So, and Skid Row. You guys fucking it, suck. <laughs> so Skid Row, this first two albums, great. Come on. And, yeah. you know, I, 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 I've always and wanted to see And Eddie I, Trunk like Subhuman Race. That has maybe two or three good songs. Man. The, 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 yeah. the, the love for that album is, I'll just say, peculiar. Yeah, I, okay. I, I was just joking anyway. That, that's yeah. for you, so Eddie. Do you prefer Jason or Baco? Let, let me, here's 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 a shocker. He didn't play anything off of it. Okay, oh, okay. not even. Uh, <laughs> I can't even remember the name of a song. Ironhead. <laughs> not even beat yourself blind. No. Oh man, Skid Row brings that one out once in a while. Okay, so that's the point. I've seen Skid Row four times without Sebastian. You, I think you the same, roughly, right? At least, like, yeah. No, it's probably more than that. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. <laughs> yeah, I saw, I saw them play in front of a Goodwill as a backdrop one time. <laughs> I'm not making a joke. No, I, I saw them either. A, I, just, uh, I, I saw him in a parking lot, and then true to form, the point of me telling you that is that I saw Sebastian in a barn. That's where he was playing. I bet and, you could book Skid Row for the cost of the entire travel package for a Kiss Cruise. <laughs> that's got what? That's got, what does that run a, a guy two to four grand, something like that? We should ask Craig Smith. You motherfucker. Yeah, you can ask Rachel Bowman. How much to have you play in my basement? In, in short, you know, it was inside of a barn, which is funny. They had a sign that looked like it would say puppet show and spinal tap or yep. whatever, like one of those old school arrow signs. And but I got there, uh, you know, it had a dirt floor and it was it was pure comedy from the setup. But God damn, it didn't matter. I mean, it, there was like probably 1500 people in there. He he slayed. Total good attitude. He had a great attitude. He was funny. His stage raps were amusing. Kept everybody engaged. And most importantly, he sounded fantastic. I mean, he's, he didn't. I have no idea how he sounded live. You know, twenty five years ago, thirty right. years ago. But I was. His band was spot on. Uh, and that's it. That's all I got to tell you. There's a review. There's actually a full article on cobrasandfire.com for more information. Yeah, and but, looking uh, at the pictures, I was flat out jealous of the venue alone. I would have loved to have been there. My <laughs> kind of my kind of scene, man. Yeah, I mean, it was a lot more fun. And and and, and, and not to make fun of uh, Sebastian being in a barn. The reason is these clubs here only seat about eight hundred. So it was a good thing that did happen there because it was packed. So, all right. Anyway, proceed. Well, the second night was uh, <laughs> the band that only exists for the to play at Kiss Expos, and that's uh, the Return of the Common. I think they call themselves. It's uh, Todd Howarth, Richie Scarlet, the recently fired Richie Scarlet from the Ace Frehley Band, sure. um, and uh, John Reagan, I believe. And I'm not sure who's on drums. I think Sandy Slavin is too pissed off, and it's definitely not Anton Fig. Already, I give zero fucks about this lineup. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, if I was there, I'd probably go see it. Uh, but I, I, I hear this something because didn't they didn't four by fate have a couple guys from Freely's comment and they played uh, an indie kiss expo a couple years ago and everybody's like man they were great they killed it I love Todd Howarth and I'm like I don't know what the fuck is wrong with your ears but Todd Howarth is a fucking human dog whistle I don't they, that guy's voice is 
He, I would rather listen to Miles Kennedy sing <laughs> the Bible than fucking listen to Todd <laughs> Howard sing anything. Um, Miles Miles Kennedy reads War and Peace, the and, book, and and John Reagan has to be one of the least interesting people I've ever seen on stage. You know, nice '80s suit always wears '80s suit guy. I don't know. I, look, honest to God, nothing against any of these guys. Although I think Richie Scarlett's kind of a. Uh, an overrated player, but I do think he was a good singer with Ace. None of these guys do a damn thing for me. I, I, I really don't get it. Uh, I enjoy Ace Frehley's music, and I like when he has a good band with him. And sometimes these guys were part of it, but once they started kind of like taking the role of of anything other than stand behind Ace, it, it just wasn't uh, my cup of tea. That lineup is is as interesting as me meeting the catering match on the I don't know. I think the catering manager uh, might be able to get you some good food or something. But uh. <laughs> he does have a. But anyway, Ace actually came up and joined them for a couple tunes. This was all prearranged, and now we got a different version of Ace. I think Ace did not want to be. On, I don't know why he agreed to it because of the way he acted. He he threw a fit. Uh, the yelled at the sound guy. Um, uh, Richie Scarlett tried to play it off, but uh, it, it didn't happen. He threw a water bottle at somebody. Jesus. As he walked off stage, he kicked a mixing board. Um, and it was just, uh, I don't know, not Ace's best moment, that's for sure. Not that he's got a ton of them lately, but uh, I just was like, to me, the it, it reeked of, it, look, I don't want to speculate that, that, that a guy who's been, been working on sobriety for a long time was drinking, but that was the first thing that came to my mind. But my second one was probably more accurate, and that is like, he just was uncomfortable being back on stage with these weirdos. And it was just like, you know, it's like, why am I doing this? Look at me. You know, I'm in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and I'm in a goddamn hotel, you know, conference room on a stage two feet off the floor playing with Todd Howarth and John Reagan. And Richie, didn't I just fire your ass? What are you doing here? I, I would I would just hope that he would have done some kind of stage rap where he doubled da- doubles down and, and accuses those members of Fraley's Comet to trick him to go to an island to kill him. Yeah. That's right. I forgot about all that. Uh, and then Ace's wife shows up and drops the conspiracy bomb. <laughs> that would be great. I'm Rachel speech. Gordon. And you guys are all trying to kill my husband. <laughs> oh, man. I love it. Uh, yeah, but I also wanted to mention, because uh, we're going to get into it here a little bit, uh, some Bob Kulik news. But Bob Kulik was there for some reason. Uh, I worked with Motorhead. Uh, according to Joe Polo uh, from Podcast Rock City, uh, Bob apparently wanted his table so bad that he pushed all of Joe Polo's stuff under the floor. And, uh, <laughs> this is not true. And, and, yeah, no, and, according to Joe Polo, it's 100% true. Listen to the latest Podcast Rock City. He, he, he had his table for Podcast Rock City set up. I think he said he was planning to do some interviews. Uh, he he explains it on his episodes. Apparently, he came back from getting a drink of water or something like that, and uh, uh, the podcast Rock City banner was taken off the table and thrown on the table next to it. <laughs> and all the stuff that he had on the table was not like neatly picked up and moved. It looked like basically like you know that, that where you take your arm and just wipe it right off, and it was like just sitting on the floor. I'm a Grammy award winning producer, and it, and then and then from that point, I imagine Bob Kulik sitting on a folding a metal folding chair like you get it, you know, like some church cafeteria uh kicked back got his legs up boots on the table and some honeys around him <laughs> he's just got his arms crossed staring at joe like come at me bro i worked with motorhead yeah <laughs> I, I i also see him with uh his grammy on the table yeah <laughs> a grammy award-winning producer who worked with lemmy 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if you knew that. But also, his autobiography is called Let Me Hear You. The, the cruise pre-party is all just a precursor to the actual cruise. Uh, my first question for you, Luce, is how close are you every year when the cruise gets announced to like going, uh, I'm going to max out that Visa card this time? Amazingly, this this cruise has never really appealed to me. And there was a the first five years that it was going on, actually six years, I lived in Florida within an hour. Oh, drive. yeah, you could have saved the airfare at least. Yep, I could have gone. And I just... Um, the answer, quick answer is no, but the, what it does appeal to me is more of the Monsters of Rock. We have a variety of different bands. And yeah, anyway, we, no. we've, we've probably touched on it. I mean, yeah. uh, uh, they have a less liberal masturbating in the shower policy than the Kiss Cruise <laughs> probably does. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm pretty much the same way. The Kiss Cruise is a little too family-friendly for me, um, which we'll get to here in a minute. Um, to me... Things like going on a cruise or going to Vegas or, you know, uh, let's say even New Orleans. These are things you do to get away 
from your fucking family, especially your children. And the <laughs> idea that, that that you try to like, I hate the way Vegas is going. By the way, where uh, well, it's been going that way for twenty five years. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. uh, but drink. Drink, absolutely drink. <laughs> it's been a while, uh, but yeah, I mean, it just gives you. It, Vegas is is basically now something I, I really have no desire to go back to after I went, you know, about two years ago, twice. And I'm like, this is just it's 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 gone. Um, but this is so people don't think we're just shitting on Kiss the entire time, which we probably will get to in a second. Of course, but the but, but as it, tradition, basically, if there was, if it doesn't matter what my my favorite band would be, I, I just couldn't take three or four days of just that theme. Is my point? That's yeah, all. and 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 my thoughts are like it's it's largely the fans that would keep me away. <laughs> well, there's that too. I have a dubious history with uh, hardcore Kiss fans. Of one, I consider myself to be right, but but we we view the world very different. Like me and Mankini, we are not uh, grabbing the we're we're not fighting for the same food at the buffet. <laughs> there's also. You know, when you're down the dumps, you do go on a Kiss Cruise and you get an ego boost looking around. Oh, what my God, yeah. I mean, I would be one of the uh, – oh my! I would feel like a, such a rock star walking around that thing. <laughs> you're like Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, who's that guy? Is he famous? <laughs> He's only slightly overweight. His, look at that T-shirt just kind of like – he just like lays it out there, man. He doesn't tuck it into nothing. <laughs> Oh, man. Anyway, all right. Let's, let's, get, let's get down to... Yeah, now, uh, now that we've basically made every diehard Kiss fan click... Well, maybe they'll, maybe they'll comment, yeah. Well, at least, at least we got the listens up to... I'd like to see this, the... Uh, you know, the analytics of when people bail on this episode. <laughs> oh, man. I think for uh, uh, Matt Porter, it was about t- 10 seconds ago. Right. Uh, no, I, we, we love Matt, of course. Um, uh, look, we, we, we kid with the fans and all that stuff. But, yeah, I'm definitely more of a Monsters of Rock uh, cruise guy, I, although I've never done either. I, I should oh, point plus, that out. Plus, you know, that, that, that that's the only place you're going to see a live set from Pink Cream 69. Yeah, Pink Cream 69, Pink Cream 69. I'm psyched about seeing Pink Cream 69. Back to the Kiss Cruise. The, the, the thing always starts off with an acoustic set. They call it the Sail Away set or whatever like that. So as, as, the, uh, as, as, the, as the boat floats out into the middle of the ocean, uh, Kiss, uh, you know, comes out sans makeup and uh, performs an acoustic set. Did you get mostly, a- be- mostly because it's so windy you can't hear them so it covers the yeah. <laughs> oh yeah that's a key factor now uh maybe not five years ago but no, no. Uh, anyway uh but did you get a chance to see the set list um i, I think i did because I, uh because i just looked at the last five years <laughs> <laughs> i think i looked at it there was four songs that didn't appear on mtv unplugged oh really okay that's and it? that was kind of my takeaway. Is like you know, and you know my thoughts on this. I actually, I, 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 I am a hardcore stance against how they pick their songs. A few years ago, they did very good. It might even be the year that Craig Smith went. You motherfucker! It is just like the, the, that was the one year they actually did about a fifty-fifty deep and hits. My my per my my official stance is this is a floating kiss convention. There's no fucking reason to play Rock and Roll Night, Detroit Rock City, Deuce, Strutter. That you should only be playing songs that never get played. You have this core audience. Of course, you can't probably, or it takes too much work. You know, and based on the way they performed a couple of the the the, the two hidden gems, I everybody's clamoring about from this year, uh, larger than life, and uh, it's my life. That 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 might be the case because they really didn't put much effort into either one of those tracks, but. 
I, yeah, I was like, seriously, this is th- these are the same. These are the go-to acoustic uh, songs you guys pretty much hit all the time. Lame, lame, lame. Although I like the la- the lazy Susan stage. <laughs> what I think it's funny is that it wasn't automatic. There was just they used the Kiss fans to spin it around. <laughs> Easily the most exercise they've gotten in a while. Oh, yeah. Are we really just going to sit here and call Kiss fans fat? We can smell our own, right? I uh, guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we uh, we know what we're talking about because we're us. Listen. Yeah, if, if we you we go on there and, and still the only six packs are what's being pounded before uh, ADM. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if I could like basically. Uh, it doesn't seem like a boozy cruise. You know what I mean? I wonder That's if true. I could go and like account for like half of the Coors Lights drank over <laughs> three or four days. You know what I mean? Uh, you definitely, you definitely have a, a, a decent percentage. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I could. I mean, you stretch that shit out over a day. I could do twenty a day. Was it four days, five days? I mean, do you think they sell two hundred Coors Lights typically? I, I, I would, I would hate to see you at like eleven o'clock at night, just all fired up about <laughs> the, the songs they didn't play, going on some kind of tirade in the bar. Oh my, that's crushing, crushing your, crushing this Coors Lights on your forehead like uh, Belushi or whatever. And we've 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 touched on the real reason that I'll never go on a Kiss cruise is because uh, I will basically bas- defriend everybody on the boat by the end of the evening. <laughs> They're all there just, I'm just trying to have fun and laid back. And I'm like, I can't believe they fucking played. She, you're telling me you're okay with that? <laughs> you're not Pretty a much. true fan. And then I stumble <laughs> over, you know, somebody will actually probably throw me in a dinghy or actually toss me over the edge like, uh, I don't know, like a, well, like a drunken idiot uh, trying to piss off Kiss fans. So Yeah, if you listen to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame episode, uh, the previous one, you're basically going to be doing the Steve Miller speech throughout the Kiss Cruise. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Pulling you off the stage. Uh, hey! Yeah, you know what's pissed off about the Steve Miller speech is he didn't say, you know, he told that lady to sit down and learn something, but he should have said, fly like a eagle and get the fuck out of here. Yeah, me on a Kiss Cruise, uh, it, Bob Kulik would come up to me and go, you need to chill, dude. <laughs> He gets a restraining order on you. Oh man, yeah. If uh, I don't think Matt Porter would ever talk to me again if him and I uh, shared a room and a kiss cruise. <laughs> but anyway, so anyway, uh, yeah. You're, you're angry about the set list. What, what else you got? Oh, well, whatever. I mean, no, no thoughts there. You 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 agree? Disagree? Uh, no, I mean I'm not going to go too much on this. But but essentially, there were a couple of years where they really did switch it up. The last like three or four years, based on because I always look, uh, they just went on autopilot. And, uh, and actually, what was funny is that Joey Haney, it was either him or somebody else called it, where whatever their electric set was, was exactly their, their set list for End of the Road. And it was yeah, like, uh, there, was like, there, there was like two or three songs they switched out between the two nights, and, yeah, and it ended it. up being their like switch-out songs during the tour. The sequence, everything. It was yeah. like they used people that paid $3,000 to, <laughs> to do the rehearsal. Yeah, no, and, and and I think it was the year before was the only year they went deep because I actually wrote an article for this for uh, Decibel Geek where I actually listed the songs that I would permit Kiss to play on a Kiss cruise, <laughs> and uh, and and so and that was like you know they've been doing it for five or six years. I'm like, this is bullshit. Why are you guys still going to this? You know, <laughs> and uh, oh man, you know what? Um, 
We had some fun uh, ripping on our friends over at the Shouted Out Loudcast, but they brought up a Twitter account that we haven't touched on in a while. P-A-W-L, Paul Stanley, the parody Twitter account. Uh, I'm, I'm pulling up one of the tweets that he had about that's the, a That's a guy that has, he's just like a bald picture of Paul. Yeah. Right? <laughs> okay. Um, they mentioned it on their show. I'm going to mention it too. Um, P-A-W-L, Paul, had a couple funny tweets. Uh, a whole bunch of crap dropping during the the, the cruise. Uh, the the Shout It Out Loud cast mentioned on their show, but I'll, I'll say yeah. it too. Uh, it, uh, it was, mercifully, the cruise is almost over. I reminded of the time a fan asked me if we would be playing deep tracks, and I said, spend a few thousand dollars and find out. And he did. <laughs> All right, love gun. Live to win. <laughs> hashtag yeah, live to win, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I think he always puts hashtag live to win. Oh yeah, it's, it's it's a hilarious. Uh, uh, another cruise uh, tweet. A tip for fans hoping to meet Gene on the Kiss Cruise: Use your nose. Shannon makes him leave his shoes in the hallway. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, that's probably my favorite. Every time I meet a fan on the Kiss Cruise, I'm blown away. I mean, I've been taking this guy's allowance for over 40 years. <laughs> there you go. I uh, like that one. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, if you have a sense of humor and you're a Kiss fan, it's very specific, but it's P-A-W-L Stanley on uh, Twitter. Good He's stuff. He's got a bald head. Bald Bald, yeah, his, the, the, the Bald Stanley would have been a good one, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. We should, uh, we'll message him from the, the Cobra's Twitter account. Uh, I should just have my own show just called I Fucking Love Punk. <laughs> you really should. <laughs> well, Bruce Kulik also is back. I think he played last year by himself, and but the two years ago was when it was him and the Kulik brothers, or was it last year? I think it was two years ago, and then he did this uh, did his thing with, I think, the same lineup the band this year i believe it was the same bad when his uh, brother the grammy award-winning producer uh who worked with lemmy bob kulik was with him yes that is correct i know that uh i i thought it was i, I love what bruce did because this is kind of what they they really should be doing on the kiss cruise is something like this it's too bad that you have to only get it from bruce kulik with uh basically you know kind of a i don't know a low i don't want to say low grade you know what i mean just not famous people uh is well, all yeah. i mean a, a very talented band they did a well, great half job of union um half yeah of i guess that's Sorry. true but uh um i i will say that uh the band sounded as good as a band can sound on a cell phone video, and the set list was killer. Uh, but I know you absolutely adored this. I'm going to let you kind of roll with this here. I did, and, and it's something that that I've always loved about. This is called Alice Cooper and, and and bands that do this, but Alice Cooper always comes to mind. And that is, you know what? I get there's a lot of deep cuts, but if you actually took the time, and my God, Bruce put in the the, the time. Uh, to get all these, the band up to snuff to do all these. Yeah, and just, just uh, b- before you get into that, uh, before you go much further, I should say, uh, Dear Kiss, you can rehearse these songs before you play them. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, then they definitely did this. And, you know, uh, right, so the deep tracks, you know, uh, just a little taste of them here and there would be great. Now that it comes to medleys, I'm just going to summarize this, is that first off, they did a medley of basically the alive three versions of creatures of the night tears of falling and watching you. And, yep. and I mean that they're played in the fashion that they were on that, that album. They also did. So that's kind of a medley. They didn't animalize medley. You know, the one that basically changed that tour that basically not the album, but the tour changed uh, Bruce's life. So they get invested in that. And they did. I'm just going to do it quick. I've had enough into the fire. 
get all you can take going into burn bitch burn lonely is the hunter under the gun and throws in the night now i will tell you right now when i heard the riff during this little medley of burn bitch burn i immediately got a boner i forgot how great <laughs> that riff is yeah and then, and then again i heard where they played get all you can take i'm like yeah this is you know keep me coming but not a shitty song and you know i just forgot <laughs> all that but they went into like hot in the shade medley you know just playing like seven songs over that all played together they did a revenge medley too and here's the thing they also had different set lists for both nights nice they had different medleys i mean the Basically, his his set was basically 30 fucking songs. Apparently, it can be done. And they sounded great. The guy that did, and, and I know it's that, you know, it is what it is, but, but you know, the guy that did the Gene sounded good. The guy yeah. that does the Paul. I don't know their names. I mean, I want to be hesitant on sounding. They sounded tight and they sounded good, but again, you know, through a a, a cell phone camera video, I I I can't say much more than that. All I know is whatever Bruce delivered. It 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 was clearly a good mix. Uh, It was cool the transitions with the medley too. Yeah, uh, my only bitch, you know, because as you know, not a huge setlist guy except for shit like this. Then you have to go deep, and Bruce did. And so maybe I don't like every song he played off of Animalize, or I would have moved this one for that one, that kind of thing. I don't care about that with one exception. He played fucking My Way from Crazy Nights, which is, <laughs> it's an insult to music to call it music. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, that was weird. I know. That was the part. Well, the, 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 throughout and who the wants set, to sing that song? I mean, my God, why wasn't Todd Kurtz going, What? No. <laughs> the best thing is there's two. There's 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 trial by fire and that one where you can take a piss. And they're playing. I'll take trial by fire over. Uh, I mean, well, I actually enjoy that well, song, but well, anybody could, anybody would. But but yeah. That, but besides that, you know, it, point is, it was fun. It was unique. And if you're actually seeing it live and you don't know what's going on, the fact that you're getting hit with four medleys, including the live three ones, yeah. you're like, holy shit! This guy, this guy actually sat down and did, put some work in here. Now, now, Kiss should do that. Why not? Like yeah. you said, you mentioned Alice Cooper. He's known for doing stuff like that, where he'll hammer through All four songs in ten minutes or something like that. Yeah. Why, you know, instead of Paul Stanley, you know, contradicting himself and saying people don't want to hear that why don't you get you fuck off i mean bands are doing it all the damn time iron maiden will fucking do an arena tour that sells out and play all deep tracks they're not doing it right now but they've done it god damn it all i'm getting at is why can't you do a fucking four song deep track medley and then and then do all the 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 shitty stuff that you keep playing all the time well i'm a fucking i just in general i'm I'm a big medley boner guy and but the thing about it too is the great thing about medleys the big thing, the great thing about medley is, uh, is the fact that if they they hit a song you don't like, it's over in a minute and a half. Right. That that would have been the highlight. I would have seen both of those shows and been like, this is a lot. This is a lot of fun. But uh, proceed. What's next? Yeah, well, I, I have to say this. I I can't believe I'm actually getting back into this because I was basically like, well, everybody knows Paul's voice is shot. It seems like singers like you know Brian Johnson and and Ozzy went through kind of a similar phase where it basically just took some time off. And and they seem to be able to remedy it at least on record, and and then you know kind of figure out a way to do it live that was somewhat believable. Paul seems to yeah. be pigheaded about this thing, like you know, uh, and and I could be wrong. I'm just saying this is how it comes off. Like he's just like, what? Nothing's wrong. You know, here buy a ticket and listen to how much we kick ass. My God, I couldn't believe it. It could get worse, and it did. I just hearing him intro cold gin. <laughs>
I was cringing. And I'm like, how can anybody in the audience sit there and, and be excited for this? I'm like, this is I, I felt I felt pain for Paul. And then to actually hear them like play a couple songs, they played Larger Than Life. I mean, my God, Tommy, mail in that guitar solo a little harder. I mean, he didn't even fucking. I mean, my again, practice the damn thing. Yeah, that's that's your only damn job. You you're not working at a print shop fucking fifty hours a week and being in a band. This is it. And you're very you're paid better too than if you're working at a print shop. Gene had the cadence of the vocal lines off. It was just like, do, do you guys even fucking? It sounded you know how like on the on the the convention tour they would like rip off like maybe forty five seconds of something they've never played because a fan yelled it out. And yeah, it, yeah. It would be, I don't know, kind of basically half ass. But but the atmosphere and aura kind of permitted that. They're presenting this as a finished product. And it's like you guys don't even try. And they uh, look this part I get. They're old, but man, watching Gene and Paul move around on stage, it just does nothing. It, it makes me sad. And Eric, I'm sorry, but that motherfucker has mailed it in years ago. He looks like the last place he wants to be. No matter what he's doing with that band, is doing what he's doing. He is clearly like cashing that paycheck. Uh, he is not the same drummer he was on Revenge or, or even Carnival of Souls and all that stuff. He has no energy. He's lifeless. He doesn't look like he even wants. He doesn't even smile anymore. He's just joyless. Loose. No, he, he is. He is essentially the guy you know at work. That puts in puts in the minimum because uh, he doesn't get a bonus. He's sta- <laughs> he gets he's, paid. This, he gets paid the same salary whether he does a lot of work or not. He's Stanley from the Office. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> in my head, though, he's back there, you know, slowly plotting through Deuce again, and he's going six hundred and three more days. <laughs> Uh, it's just, he's like, uh, you know, he's Murtaugh. I'm too old for this shit. He's got his own Murtaugh list, which is basically things you can't do when you hit a certain age. So he's like, I can't go out clubbing anymore. I can't get a genital piercing and I can't play drums and kiss. <laughs> there you go. Oh, but, uh, later on, I don't know what day it was, but Paul Stanley put on his kiss jammies and, uh, had Ooh. some children because of course, for some fucking reason, people bring their kids to this thing again. <sighs> Uh, you're going on a goddamn cruise, Lee. Get a fucking babysitter. The, I'm. I. This is one of the things that irks me the most. Is is from Kiss and from the fans who do this. There's a new generation of fans every year. No, it's not. It's your fucking kids, and you're taking them. They didn't find Kiss. They didn't discover it on their own like you did, which you think you would give a fuck about. But no, you're the fucking Gen X parent who has to have their kid like everything you do. You selfish piece of shit. Leave your damn kid at home. Go enjoy yourself. Have a fucking margarita and untuck the shirt. And leave the damn kids at home. I don't want to see Paul Stanley taking a and a from 10-year-olds in his... By the way, you know how Paul likes to rip on Gene for being the narcissist? He has yeah. to have everything in it around him that says, I'm Gene, it's all my kiss stuff. His pajamas were not just kiss PJs. They were Paul Stanley only kiss PJs. It was only his face all around this thing. It's like, yeah, okay, well, who's the fucking narcissist now, you old creepy bastard with two fake hips? Answering okay. questions from children. <laughs> and, of course, the first question is, Dear Paul Stanley, how come my dad says he can't pay for my college, but he took me on a kiss cruise? Uh, 
made a couple of uh, fat jokes about Kiss fans at the beginning because, again, we smell our own. Uh, uh, make make sure we, we recognize our own girth. But uh, it's not just us that thinks that. There is a belly flop contest every year on the uh, Kiss Cruise. Uh, nice. This year it was uh, judged by uh, the the Darkness singer. What's his name? Uh, I can't. Justin something or Justin Hawkins. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and again, I don't get that. I, I I know you disagree with me on this. I I, I a Kiss Cruise should be kind of like a, a floating Kiss convention to me. It should be all Kiss centric. If you're going to call it a Kiss Cruise, otherwise it's basically just a Monster to Rock Cruise headlined by Kiss. So they have they have like an extreme in the darkness on there. So it's not that many bands. In fact, I thought the lineup was pretty sweet because it had uh, Royal Bliss, which I like, the Darkness, like you just said, the Dead Deads, which I know, the New Roses, which is okay. Pretty solid. Then Tyler Bryant in the Shakedown, and then of course uh, uh, Corpse of Warren. Well, it's not a lot of bands compared to Monsters of Rock, but that's a lot of bands. No. Um, if you say but, so. But uh, they also uh, agreed, had uh, agreed, agree, disagree. Actually, oh right, right. Like I said, you, you you would actually enjoy that more. That's fine with yes. me. But if if you're right. going to tell me this is about Kiss, I don't want to be buying a Def Leppard onesie. Anyway, they also other things you could do in there is they had a Are You Smarter Than Gene Simmons contest, which they uh, did. Yeah, and I can't believe that. It, I mean, I, don't you think that the idea that you spent the money to go to this thing means proves you're not? to the moment that uh, probably nobody's been waiting for. Uh, I don't know if you've heard recently, but Bob Kulik is getting salty. Oh, by the way, can I get a, a bowl of food and eat while you're talking? Please do. A couple weeks ago, Bob Kulik was interviewed by shit. Uh, God, uh, it was a really, really, really good interview. I can't remember. Who, I think it was Toomey might have done it. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where he was talking about, you know, he's worked with a lot of people. By the way, Bob Kulik, Grammy Award winning producer. I'm a Grammy Award winning producer. Uh, he's also worked with Lemmy. I worked with Motorhead. But he wanted to make sure people knew about that, not Kiss. And all this stuff. Right. Um, he, got, but, he got that Grammy for, um, I believe, the cover of Whiplash. Yeah, right? uh, we'll get into that in a second. Um, but so he also kind of basically said, like, he's like, uh, uh, like he was asked, like, well, how's your relationship with your brother? Uh, is it good? He's like, well, it depends on what you mean by good. 
And then he basically says, it's fucking jack shit. And uh, <laughs> uh, says that, like, uh, basically Bruce is brainwashed by by Kiss. Uh, and Paul Stanley is ungrateful. And they're just trying to hide him. And, and he wouldn't do things the same way if he knew how it would turn out as far as their fractured relationship. Adding clarity to that weird interview with, uh, like I said, I'm pretty sure it was Toomey. Um, yeah. uh, I think Toomey lives in Canada, right? Yeah, so it was Toomey. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Bob went to uh, Facebook on November 8th and said this. I'm just going to read the whole statement uninterrupted, and then we'll get into it, okay? Because this was after the interview. Yes, yeah, the interview was a few weeks right. ahead of this. I was, right. like, absorbing that and going, we have to talk about this. And then, of course, Bob says, you want to just push pause on that because I got more. <laughs> All right. This is, so uh, I know sometimes we, we pick these apart, but I'm just going to try to hammer through this because we got a lot to say. All right. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So this is from Bob Kulik's Facebook page. So sad and with a heavy heart, I am compelled to post these photos and share this with all of you, especially you KISS fans. The photos below are merchandise items currently being sold by KISS Army merchandise with permission from my brother Bruce Kulik only. I have not given permission for this and have not been accounted to or paid for merchandise sold bearing my name and photos and with my likeness. This is called copyright infringement and an indication to all of you is where my backstabbing brother Bruce is in all this. Uh, Disgraceful, uncalled for, and a situation that will be answered in time. The culprits are as follows. Keith LaBrew, Bruce Kulik, Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, and Doc McGee. Read the rest. Please be advised that these people are dishonorable and dishonest and not like the honorable artists I produced, like Ronnie James Dio and Lemmy. (laughs) These are people who will lie and cheat and steal just for the almighty dollar. Shame on you. P.S. I love that he has a postscript like he needed to. Uh, These these people are so pathetic that I had to give them $750 to start the merchandise operation, and now they refuse to pay or acknowledge me. All right, now you at least said it all. And the merch he's talking about are some Kulik Brothers t-shirts, some hats, and an autographed photo of him and his brother uh, holding guitars. So So Bob Kulik played a few solos on uh, the fourth side of a live Two, he also and rhythm guitar, on. and I, I think he basically filled in for Ace on that record, with Correct. the exception of the he, Ace song. And then he also did was on Paul's solo album, and he was actually, which I forgot about, was actually in his solo band in like '89. Uh, so he's got some history there, but uh, just so everybody knows, because everybody knows Bruce, but maybe they don't know the Bob story. And two years ago, the Kulik brothers played the Cruise, which was Bob and Bruce, and they had announced some kind of, of tour that fell apart. So that's that's what this Well, this they both tease that it might happen or something like that. And Bob, oh, okay. gets, Bob was, gets into yeah. that in, 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 uh, in Toomey's interview and the one that we're going to talk to uh, much more depthly, which is the, with the metal voice. Okay, please continue. So Bob went on the metal voice and spoke with Jimmy K, and he really broke things down and uh, also apparently ate some full ramen or something like that uh, <laughs> for about 30 minutes of a one-hour interview. I don't yes. know what the fuck He's was going hungry. on there. Now, yelling, before... yelling, gets, yelling makes you hungry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hungry. Yeah, yeah, me too, now that you mentioned that. I was yelling there a little bit. Uh, before we get into this, I would like to comment on one thing because, you know, I, I've, I've tried to follow up and see how other shows are talking about this, look for comments on some KISS groups and stuff like that. As is tradition, the KISS Army is clamoring to basically shame Bob and call him just an old man, a whiner, and he should appreciate what he's got, and you're just jealous and all this kind of garbage. Winston Churchill said... Show me a man with no enemies, 
and I'll show you a man who's never stood up for anything in his life. So I know I'm making a bunch of enemies, and honestly, I really don't care. If it sounds like I'm going to be holding water for Bob, just hold on. You'll, <laughs> you'll realize I don't think this is necessarily a good look for him, and I'm sure as hell not sympathetic. I'm just saying, someone can be an irritable, uptight, jealous douche and still have a valid point. You just describe yourself. Exactly. Yeah, that's basically me. <laughs> I mean, or our, our show, both of us. Every morning I walk into work and say exactly that. <laughs> And when I'm done here, I'm going to go upstairs and say, just because I'm drunk don't mean you're right. Just because I'm drunk don't mean you're right. We should mention that Bob Kulik won a Grammy. I'm a Grammy award-winning producer. And he worked with Lemmy. Like Lemmy, I'm a pirate. Lemmy was a pirate. And Ronnie James Dio, by the way. Ronnie James Dio was a man of integrity, not like Gene and Paul. He produced Last in Line, right? So no, no. I think uh, Ronnie James Dio appeared with Ted Poley on a Christmas uh, metal album <laughs> released by... Uh, so you're uh, saying that, that his producing career is on Cleopatra Records entirely, yes? No, no. Uh, Cleopatra and Deadline. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah he definitely was uh, heavily involved in all those uh, cheap, cheesy uh, tribute records. And the weird right. thing is, we had Bob on the show, and uh, he was a little salty, but not too bad. I mean, he didn't hang up on me when I asked him if he ever had hair. When, at the time that you were trying out for him, did you have hair? I did. <laughs> I think he would now. He probably would now. Uh, and now he's not he's not taking any shit anymore. He's, he he said, it took him it took him seven years and he's fucking fed up. You listened to the interview, right? Yeah, well, I, I was I, well. I got when I got to that part about the half hour mark, and he started eating. That's when I. That's when I think I lost him. Oh, he man. was he was on fire, and that and I, and I agree with what you said. For me to go listen to it is you said basically it was he would say something you completely agree about, and then follow up with something preposterous. Yeah, I mean. <sighs> Yes, I mean, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's 50 50. Look, assuming what he's saying is true, that that he's getting kind of screwed over here. And and he also, by the way, subletted Paul Stanley's apartment (laughs) years before winning the Grammy for working with Lemmy from Motorhead. I'm a Grammy award winning producer. I worked with Motorhead. First of all, kind of like I I said on on our Rock and Roll Hall of Fame episode, if your band name has the words featuring in it, you're not a Hall of Famer. Bob, if you have to tell people about all these things, it's kind of like, oh, you know what? Let's quote the Queen, Queen Elizabeth from from her lips alone. If If you have to tell people you're the Queen, you're probably not. Yeah. And if I could just say something about the Grammy real quick. Yeah. That he won with Motorhead. Uh, yeah, with, with Lemmy. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you know who that, wouldn't stand a chance working with Motorhead? Paul Stanley. Yeah. You know, also the name of the track actually was was Lemmy See You Grammy. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean it was an original track, and no, no, it wasn't an original track. It was a it was, it was a, a, cover a pretty shitty cover of Whiplash, Metallica's Whiplash. I think it had Lemmy and about seventy other people on it, like all this, all this. Tracks, I think Bob Kulik played guitar in it. That's how Motorhead it was. Neener, neener, neener. That's the kind of person I am. I'm still 12 years old. <laughs> but here's the main thing about is that just, you know, for the Grammys, they gave that Grammy to say, fuck you to hard, hard rock. I'll tell you how they Pretty did it much, even yeah. How, well, how listen, is this anything on Cleopatra or Deadline, even on Grammys radar? Because they're trolling. And also <sighs> they even trolled harder when they give a Grammy like a year or two later on a Dio tribute album it was t- Tenacious D and they played like Kazoo on their cover of uh, uh, Last in Line. Yeah, and it's unreal. I mean, it just, uh, there's so many stories, you know, Megadeth walking up to a Metallica song being played. 
headphones, microphone not working while they're jamming with uh, total Gaga. total metal cred, Lady Gaga. Uh, yeah. My God, it's just it, hard rock and metal should just say, "Take us away. We don't want to be part of this. You clearly don't want us there." Uh, no, they're they're absolutely fucking. Uh, always with with hard rock but continue on that he got the uh grammy award-winning lemmy uh, uh best friend bob kulik continue well i the interview was fascinating and, and, and there's so many nuggets but it's just there is a certain way that bob talks though like it sounds like he's like you know like yeah he he talks about like they want him to play like ace like i'm sorry i just can't play that sloppy and it, at first it sounds like a, an insult but then you <laughs> if you listen to him it might just be this is how he he communicates he's like he's much more like jimmy page who's great and ace is great too and he's like you know more like jimmy P- there's another guy that he mentions in there but uh nobody thinks jimmy page is a bad guitar player so if bob thinks jimmy page is sloppy he i get the comparison to saying ace is sloppy i, I frankly i like it more as a dig you're, you're working with a grammy award-winning producer now you just shut up and let me do my thing yeah there's a lot of nuggets there but uh, isn't it obvious isn't it obvious isn't that obvious isn't that obvious isn't that obvious? Yeah. Isn't that obvious? Isn't that obvious? Isn't that obvious? Isn't that obvious? Yeah. Isn't that obvious? Yeah, it's totally obvious to me. We only need one song, Dumbos. You don't need a whole record. Just one kick-ass great song. They can't even do that. What a horrible idea. I would immediately say to them, I'm a Grammy award-winning producer. Here's what we're going to do. You're going to come to the studio, and we're going to write a song called End of the Road. It's the end of the road. I can think of fucking, excuse me, a hundred versions of what I'm hearing. Let's put something together. In your case, almost anything will do. Let's have a song that you can put out with this. Produced by Grammy Award-winning producer Bob Kulik, who produced Motorhead. Maybe you, too, could win a Grammy. I totally disagree with him on that. And he's not exactly setting himself up to, to get the get the job. <laughs> I think he's realized the ship has sailed. And that's one thing I'll say to some of the KISS fans. It's like, it's like you know what, Bob? You're not helping yourself by shouting your mouth off. It's like he's claiming he's not getting paid for something he should be. Clearly not saying anything isn't helping. I'm not right. saying he should or shouldn't. This is kind of a bad look for the guy, to be honest with you, if you're asking me. Let's stop acting like, well, that's my favorite band, so shut up. I'm going to go hide under a pile of blankets. <laughs> no, there's some shady stuff going on, he, but it, it basically uh, reveals that this guy was basically Vinnie Vincent 1.0, I think, where it was, it was just... <laughs> or was is he very... Vinnie 2.0? Oh, you think so? Well, well Vinnie was actually he's in the more, band. He's morphed into him, but I'm pretty sure he's pretty difficult to work with back then. But he does have some valid points. If he's having some, some riffs with, uh, uh, well, obviously, Bob, his brother. Oh, we didn't even talk order. about that. The fucking, yeah, go ahead. The restraining order. Yeah, Bob has, uh, I'm sorry, Bruce has a restraining order on his own brother. And, uh, yeah, so I'm just imagining what he's doing. Like, he's doing basically, he's, I can imagine Bob kind of like the, the scene and Say Anything, except on the boombox he's playing Lemmy's, <laughs> Lemmy's cover of Whiplash. I produced this, you fucking <laughs> prick! You see this thing on top of this jukebox? That's a fucking Grammy! You don't have a Grammy! You know what? Restraining. Go fuck yourself, Bruce. You couldn't fucking last five minutes with Lemmy. <laughs> Rest in peace, Ronnie Dio. I have worked with all these people who are, who are, who are, are, are good people. They are, they are decent. They are credible. 
not like these guys. Uh, you out there in the trench coats uh, in the backyard of the brew box, please. Uh, restraining order is in issue. <laughs> Meanwhile, Ghost Hunters is finally finding ghosts because it's Lemmy and Dio going, Hey, Mancha, you don't really need to mention her name all the time. <laughs> no, please. Please stop. No now, name let's dropping. be clear. Bob didn't produce a fucking Motorhead record or a Dio record. He produced those guys as kind of like ensemble musicians on those tribute records it, where it's like Jack Blades and fucking Dio playing an Ozzy song, you know, with Jakey Lee on guitar or something like that. You know, it's just... No, that, there's usually 20 people on each track. And what he means by produ- produced is he uploaded the MP3 of the solo and <laughs> added it to the track. Because those uh, people were never in the same room. Well, I like at the beginning of Toomey's interview <laughs> where... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they're getting to Toomey's interview. Toomey introduces him as like, yeah, we got Bob Kulik, who's worked with Kiss. He's worked with this. He's worked with that. He's done all sorts of stuff. And Bob's like, I got to stop you there, Toomey. Uh, I got to correct you on something there. Yeah, sure, I've worked with Kiss, but I've worked with a lot of other people, too. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. You know how I know that, Bob, as a listener? Because he just fucking said the same thing. Oh, man, so, yeah, he's clearly had some uh, f- something recent. Just fired his fucking ass up over Kiss and all that shit, and because uh, now he's he's done. Do you know that uh, probably a year or two now? I mean, I can understand he he did that. He printed up the the whole Kulik Brothers T shirt and everything like that. Uh, this may be how I go if people don't buy this Rock and Pod Expo. <laughs> uh, Ten dollars t-shirts. <laughs> you know what? I see a whole thing where I send out press release about you convincing me to make them. <laughs> I'm, I was going the other way. I'm like, he's selling these things for ten dollars, and I ain't getting a penny of that. You shut up and let me do my thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you put in the investment. Uh-huh. Uh, well, again, uh, it doesn't. I don't have to have a valid point to be the Bob Kulik in this Th- story. That is okay. true. Uh, that is true. If I could please Lemmy, I could certainly please their sorry asses. Oh my God, I've had enough about sharks and cruises, and uh, especially enough about Bob. What about Bob? Rock's not dead, but it has to stay at least fifty feet away at all times. Sleeping. If the 
I just want to let you know, my favorite shark porn are chum shot compilations. I came all the way from Chile to hear you play. Why are you not playing? <laughs>